welcome to another episode of the Villa Society podcast, where we analyse the latest fixtures involving Aston Villa and discuss the key aspects that influence the game. I'm your host, Paul James, and today we're going to be talking about the 4-0 thrashing of Everton at Villa Park. So, after a beating at St. James's Park by Newcastle 5-1 in the first game of the season, we needed a victory here. First game of the season at home at Villa Park. Beautiful sunny morning down at Villa Park, watching the Women's World Cup outside Villa Park with a pint, watching the Women's World Cup. Unfortunately, not the result we wanted for them, but it was a really good atmosphere outside Villa Park on a nice sunny Sunday morning. Just a a lovely way to ease yourself into the Villa game. So this week I was sat in the Doug Ellis stand for once. I haven't been in there for ages, so had a seat at the back of the Doug Ellis near the halfway line. Really good spot to see the whole pitch, to see what's going on. Love sitting in the halt as well, but and the atmosphere is obviously a bit better in the halt. I think last game I was there was the Spurs game, really good game, really good victory. But yeah, it's really good to sit in the Doug Ellis and get a nice view of the game and be able to see what's going on. I'd say one thing about the Doug Ellis though, or Villa Park as a whole, is the music before games. It's a bit of a contentious issue, I think, but in the Doug Ellis, you've got speakers, especially at the back. You've got speakers, they're putting right at you at the back and it's uh, it's way too loud. It's like when you get to the cinema and it's like a brand new cinema and they've got a bass on the speakers there and it's really rattling. It's too loud. And, and it was a little bit like that in the Doug Ellis, like just massive thumping music, trying to build up the tension, build up an atmosphere, but it's just too loud. And for me, it's like it ruins the atmosphere in a way because you can't hear the crowd. You can't hear the crowd singing. There's no point in singing because there's massive noise going on, crazy trains going on, this dramatic music and a lion on the screen and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I know what you're trying to do, but it, it stops people from actually having an authentic experience and chanting and, and all that kind of stuff builds up before a game. But I don't mind the fire, the big fireballs that go up before the game. And they also had some smoke machines near the tunnel as well. Kind of not smoke machines, but like puffs of smoke that came up when you were the team was coming out. But it looked kind of cool, but I think it'd be better suited for like an evening game. Um, yeah, so that's the uh, pre-match entertainment. I don't know, just a little bit loud, that music. And I don't know whether it really really helps the atmosphere really if you're sat watching the game at the stadium but anyway it was a good view there in the Doug Ellis and it was good to try another stand for a change so so before we get into the game let's have a look at some stats from this game I think it wasn't that close obviously 4-0 and I think the stats reflect that so let's have a look at the stats in Stats Blast so possession this game, 60% possession to Aston Villa to Everton's 40%, as you'd expect there, Villa dominating the possession. Those who love XG, Villa had an XG of 3 to Everton's 0.63, so you see that Everton really weren't getting in those positions where they could get in a goal-scoring position. Total shots on target for Villa were 13 to Everton's 9. Surprised Everton had 9, to be honest. Big chances, Villa had 5 and Everton had zero. I'm surprised Villa didn't have more there. I think we probably converted most of our big chances there. Obviously, four out of five. I think we could have created a few more clear-cut chances, but we did what we needed to do and won by four goals, so no complaints there. Accurate passes, Villa had 90% to Everton's 81%, and Villa had 509 passes. Everton only had 294. So, yeah, not really an even game there, but... um, it was a strange game, strange game for me. I kind of felt like 
the game was quite slow in a way. I think Everton started okay for the first five minutes. They came out, put some passes together, looked a little bit of a threat. But after that, it was mainly Villa and, and we took our time. We didn't rush out trying to put pressure on Everton or anything like that. We took our time to play our own game, to play those those patterns of play that we've been practicing, I guess. And um, yeah, we eased our way into the game, created chances, scored some good goals, but it never looked like we got out of first gear. And that sounds strange because we won 4-0, but from where I was watching, it didn't seem like full-on crazy pace of a game. It was quite leisurely. So Villa set up with Dinier left back, Mighty Cash right back, had Pau Torres on the left of the centre-backs and Ezri Konza alongside him on the right and looked quite solid really and we had a nice passing game there around the back I think Pau Torres was really orchestrating things really looking for those passes um, really signalling to the midfield as well for passes and, and showing a little bit of leadership there I think he'll slowly build his way into the into being a fan's favourite I think he, he's his passing range is pretty good and he, he's always looking to do something and looking to start something off looking to create something so it'd be a real asset to this Villa team. And I think in some of the other games, like Newcastle game, maybe a preseason game, we saw him pu- pushing forward a bit more when we're trying to break a team down. You see him in their half, kind of getting the ball, looking for the passes. So he, he adds the extra man into into their half of the pitch um, and looks to thread a ball into midfield, thread it into those forwards and trying to pick that pass. So didn't see that so much in this game. He was further back, but you can see what an asset he is because he's got that ability to find passes. Um, I think if you've got all the defenders who have a primary kind of skill of defending their um, they're, they're less they've got the less less ability to do that and I think Pau Torres will bring that to Villa we'll see that throughout the season I think so I've got no worries that he'll be uh, like a, a very 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 good player for Aston Villa and the first goal kind of starts with Pau Torres as well I think if you uh, go on Twitter and look at the Liverpool McGrath podcast they put out a little video talking about his distribution around the back and you'll see it starts with him picking a pass into midfield, thinking to Douglas Louise. And he turns. We get a little bit of a, a look, a bit of luck with a, a deflection. I think there's a tackle in there, but I think Louise picks the ball up. Then he finds Diaby, I think, who feeds Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey does Ashley Young for pace inside the box and then cuts it back and McGinn volleys it into the back of the net. 1 0 Aston Villa. And a very, very nice, a nicely worked goal. And I think Bailey does really well in, in this instance. And uh, John McGinn gets a goal at home, which he hasn't scored for ages. So a really good start for Villa. It seemed a little bit easy as well, but um, it, it's an interesting goal because you see how Pau Torres started the move. And we'll, I will see many more goals like that as well going forward, I think. So one of the key aspects of this game was Leon Bailey's performance. So Leon Bailey, yeah, he gets a lot of stick on Twitter. Um, there's lots of knee-jerk reactions on Twitter. You know, people want to sell a player after one bad game or that, you know, they're going off about transfers or whatever it is. So you could take it with a pinch of salt. But players go through form. Players, they may not be playing well for various reasons. They could be played out of position. They could have a little injury. They could just not be not be on form they may um, have things in their personal life going on all this kind of stuff so players aren't always going to be playing at the top of their game but I think he's taking Leon Bailey a little bit of time to find a position and I think on that right hand side it kind of suits him um, that hooking that touchline again down the wing he was always looking for the ball over the top or down the wing beyond the defence so we didn't find him that often that way but he did some great work on the right hand side 
I also think a key aspect to his performance as well was the fact that we had Diaby on the pitch and his relationship with Diaby. I think they both know how each other plays from their time at Leverkusen. And I think Leon Bailey is comfortable with playing alongside him. They kind of read each other quite well and, and they know where each player is going to run and where they're going to play the ball, this kind of stuff. And it really, I think, will make a difference throughout this season if they can build upon that. And Bailey was heavily involved in in the first goal there and just a really good bit of play getting down the wing and, and managing to cut it back like that. Uh, just really good wing play all around there and great goal. Good to see John McGinn banging that one into the back of the net as well. 1-0 Aston Villa. Bailey was also involved in the second goal. Um, he heads the ball down and I say the second goal is the penalty, but um, heads the ball down in the box and... Wally Watkins gets a toe on it to like clip it over Pickford who comes out and nearly takes him out with his glove. Could have been like a really bad injury. I think if he's made contact there, he would have wiped Ollie Watkins out in the face. But thankfully he doesn't and he misses him, but he also clatters him. The ball doesn't go over the line and uh, it's a penalty. So unlike Anana's for uh, Manchester United against Wolves the other day, which was absolutely ridiculous when he absolutely clears out a player, Wolves player, and doesn't they don't get a penalty. I was shouting at the TV. I was texting my friends saying, you know, clear penalty even before they say it's no penalty. I'm, I, was, I was sure it was a penalty. It's kind of flabbergasted to see that they hadn't given it. So, yeah, this one, not that dissimilar. Pickford's gone through Ollie Watkins, taking him out. Penalty given. And Pickford's giving it all the mind games, giving it the Martinez mind games, talking to the players, giving it the back chat. And then he's hitting his crossbar as well and waving his arms around and stuff like that. And uh, thankfully, uh, Douglas Louise steps up, um, not always taking our penalties. So, like, looking like we've got a new penalty taker there, John McGinn or Douglas Louise seem like the two players who've been practicing in training um but Douglas Louise he's got the he's got the skill he's got that finesse he's got that confidence I think he'd be a decent penalty taker so he steps up under a bit of pressure and just tucks it in that bottom right hand corner and it's 2-0 Aston Villa brilliant start to the game haven't had to do too much and we're 2-0 up and it, it feels a little bit like a, a walk in the park at this stage and it's probably because Everton really aren't at the races Villa are playing quite well. We're doing what we need to do without having to exert ourselves too much. Anyway, that's how it seemed like to me from the stands anyway. And the second key aspect of this game, it was playing in the pockets. So I think they picked up on this on match of the day, but you'll see McGinn and Diaby playing in the pockets just in front of the defenders. So in front of Everton's defence, but behind the Everton midfield as well. You see that Diaby have done this in the other game as well. He drops off and they don't know whether to pick him up or not. So the defenders don't know whether to pick him up because if they do, they push forward. There's going to be a gap in behind and the midfield don't know whether to drop and pick him up. So it gives them a really difficult dilemma. And in this game, you see both McGinn and Diaby doing this. Diaby's really, really effective at this and just playing in that pocket really confused the Everton team. You can see him at points, they're pointing around, like I think one of the defenders is pointing at him and midfielders pointing at him and they just don't know who's going to pick him up. So they like love to pick up the ball in that pocket and then they can turn, they're in space, they can drive and they can play a through ball into Watkins or they can look for a winger and that kind of thing. So playing in the pockets, yeah, really interesting tactic that Villa have been using a little bit in pre-season going into this season and we'll, we'll see it continue and I think it's quite effective. I think Diaby Diaby's going to get a few opportunities to shoot from range like that or to thread the ball through. So we've got two really, really good players who can play in that position. 
Deabi and McGinn. McGinn's very dangerous as well. He's really tenacious in that position as well. So I think we've got some really interesting tactics going on with the, those two players and playing in the pockets. So another key aspect of this game was Ollie Watkins. So don't want to be negative, but um, Ollie Watkins didn't have a great game. I think he he did quite well. He did really well for the penalty. Fair play to him. He, he really does commit himself in games as well. He doesn't shy away from a dangerous challenge or you know putting your head where you need to put your head to try and get a goal. And you'll see this with a penalty. He really went in there, tried to dink it over Pickford, managed to do that. It was nearly a goal, so fair play to him. Gets completely wiped out by Pickford. Very dangerous challenge. Pickford's quite clumsy like that. You've seen him injured players in the past. Uh, Van Dijk at Liverpool, he clattered him once, um, put him out with injury for a while. And here he just clattered Ollie Watkins, nearly hit him in the face with his fist, but um, thankfully he didn't make contact. So Ollie Watkins could have got a goal there, but it was just too often in this game, he just didn't look sharp for some reason. He looked like he hadn't slept or something like that. He kind of, the ball would come to him and it'd like bounce off him or he'd take an extra touch and then get tackled and things like that. But again, maybe he's not on form. He's playing in his position, but maybe maybe he's not getting enough sleep at the moment. Maybe he's um, maybe he's got a little bit of a niggle. He did go down in this game as well. So maybe he's, he's got a bit of a niggle as well. So benefit of the doubt to Ollie Watkins. He did extremely well last season. That form he was on banging goals in. I'm sure we'll see that again at some point this season, but today just wasn't his game. It's all credit to him as well. He's he's a, he's a good player. I'm sure he'll come back stronger and he will have a run of games where he'll get lots of goals this season, especially with the likes of Diaby behind him and McGinn as well playing in those pockets. But also sat in the stands, it was kind of crying out for someone else to be up top because we were creating chances and you could see Everton weren't that confident at the back. They were making mistakes. And as soon as John Duran came on, it looked like an opportunity. We just need a little bit of pace, a little bit of composure, and we're going to get another goal. And it happened straight away. Like he came on, I think 50 seconds in, Ashley Young takes a throw in. Um, Keane, who had a dreadful game for Everton in the back. I don't know what he's doing, but Duran just had a little bit of pace. You know, the youthful pace, 19-year-old, runs onto the ball, manages to get a toe on it, nicks it away from Keane, gets beyond him, takes a horrible touch, the first touch. It just bounces off him a little bit, takes it to the left, but he's still got the confidence to run after it, get there in time, and place it past Pickford, who's come out. I thought Pickford could have come for that, but he doesn't, and then Duran's got the skill got the finishing there to put it away and it's a great goal and fantastic goal for Duran he loved it and he was just celebrating with like you know so pleased to score at home so fair play to him very good goal coming on 50, 50 seconds later bang you one in so well done John Duran great substitution there by Emery as well so yeah great game of Villa the third goal I forgot to mention it was more of a mistake from Everton another throw from the uh, the left hand side of the pitch where Villa are attacking and I think Michael Keane again makes a mistake and Bailey is presented with a gift, bangs it through Pickford's leg, legs and it's a goal and assist for Bailey. So well played, Leon Bailey. He's getting a bit of praise that he deserves for once in this game. Um, hopefully he can go on and, um, and produce the form going forward. He did go off injured and he seems to he seems to play well and then go off injured. It was a little bit like that, um, not really like that, but when he played Everton in that game where he came on and 
pretty much scored from a corner and then banged in another goal and then limped off injured with a hamstring injury. So hopefully he's all right, but he seems to go off after he's played really well. Hopefully he's not just trying to pick up some really good stats for like the time on pitch to assists and goals or something like that. But yeah, he does seem to limp off quite easily, but fair play to Leon. He played really well today. So there's a number of good games today. I think Kamara is back to how he should be playing, getting stuck in midfield, winning the ball, doing well. He was really off the pace at Newcastle, so good to see him getting back to normal. Uh, Digne had a really good game, some brilliant crosses. Um, I don't know what's got into him, but he had a fantastic game. I've always gone on about how he's a little bit limited compared to Moreno, and I still think that's the case. Moreno's just got that cutting edge, can get down the line and beat his man cuts the ball back that's what we want it's a massive attacking threat Genie on the other hand crosses from deep it worked really well in this game and I think it's a fantastic weapon if you've got a striker like Mitrovic or someone like that in the box who's really going to get his head on it but I think with Ollie Watkins he's not known for his heading that much so I don't know whether that's the type of player Emery wants. It seems like we're looking for another left back, so that would make sense. Um, Dino is a very good player, and I think he's he's a luxury to have when we've got Moreno as well. Um, we do need a backup for Moreno, so we do need to replace him if he does go, which it looks like he might be going to Nice on loan if we can get another left back in at this stage. So let's see what happens. But he had a really good game. I don't know whether he's putting himself in the shop window for a move, but... He, he had a very, very good game. So fair play to Dinier. Um, he, he has been quite good of late. Um, Carlos as well. So Diego Carlos came on. He's a massive unit, isn't he? Even in real life, he came on at the back there like a giant of a man. And uh, one point during the game, I really enjoyed it because Dan Juma was like, running down the wing into the box and at one point he just bounced off Diego Carlos and Dan Juma's not a small guy either but he just completely like bounced off his shoulder and he's like on the floor so he's just a massive unit of a player Diego Carlos and I think if he can continue injury free play well he's he's good with the ball he's got that muscular build that can deal with big attacking forwards I think he'll be a real asset and at the end of this game I noticed he got down on his knees and looked up and just did a little like prayer of, like thanks for coming through this game unscathed at home you know so it would be really good to see him have a, a decent season this season and get some game time as well because he's a, a quality player and he he came into Villa with a big price tag and big expectation and I think um, if we can see him play well and be the player we thought he could be post-injury I think that'll be very good news for Villa so overall really good game for Villa casual game for Villa I think we didn't have to do too much we we did have some great patterns of play some good moves great first goal um, some good play all around I think we took our time like like a proper team possession-based team should do and as I've said before I'm not used to seeing Villa as a possession-based team I think in the past when I've seen them over the years as a Villa fan we've always been kind of that underdog who's attacking and we might nick a goal we might nick a win and now we're turning into a possession-based team who've got cutting edge and we've got transitions we've got exciting players and we've got players who can score something out of nothing haven't really seen it yet but we can see we'll see that at some point we've got Diaby and we've got Tillemans as well players like that you can score from outside the box it's exciting times and just a, a good solid performance today we did what we needed to do good scoreline 
and uh, Everton weren't really a threat, but we didn't have to step it up a gear. I think if Everton had come along and they they created something and they really put us under pressure and they were a bit more lively and a bit more aggressive, then we would have come out and done more. But in this instance, I don't think we needed to. And also John McGinn, I kind of slated him last week for not playing very well. Um, he didn't have a great game against Newcastle, but today he was back to his best, scoring a goal, really dominating that midfield. Just just an incredible player, John McGinn, isn't he? Like Just the style of play is so different to what you see from other players. He did this really funny, spinny thing. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like... Um, it was like a, a spinny turn. He just went round in a circle a couple of times to beat a player. It was quite funny, but really effective at the same time. And just a really good, tenacious player. And um, it's just great to have him in the Villa team. I think he's he's such an asset and such a such a great character, great leader for Villa now. I know he was struggling with that under Gerard, but like now you can just see him. He's just coming into his own really, and I think he's going to have a really good season. Yeah, and I think he needs to score a few more goals. I think Emery's tasked him with doing that and he's come out of the gates, all guns blazing, getting his first, getting his goal at home in the first home game of the season. You can't ask for more than that really from him. Because so Diaby played well as well. I kind of wish he'd got on the score sheet, not just for my fantasy football team, but he he's just a dangerous player. Sometimes you don't really notice him that much but he just pops up with that quality he's got that absolute quality that you need in the team you saw it in this game where the DNA put in one of his great crosses that he was doing all game putting across and um just a, a superb volley from Diaby with his weak foot he, he connects with it beautiful beautiful shot straight on target from where I was sitting it kind of looked like it had come off the post and then hit the crossbar and everyone was on the feet going oh my god but actually what had happened is he'd hit the target and Pickford had just pushed it out with like a really good save and he pushed it onto the post I think but yeah really really good effort from Diaby and he's just a dangerous player and he's gonna he's gonna get hatful this season great player and hopefully he can link up with Leon Bailing bring the best out of him too so really good performances all around. Um, we did what we needed to do against a poor Everton team, really. Everton looked like they're in trouble. I think unless they can do a bit more in the transfer window, they're going to struggle. I think they're looking at Shea Adams to go up top for them and get some goals. I mean, his record's not amazing, but I can see if Everton had like a focal point. I think maybe Sean Dyche might be able to work a little bit of magic there. I think if you can get... Um, a good winger getting in the crosses. Dwight McNeil, good cross of the ball, good winger. I think maybe if you've got Shea Adams or someone like that up top, Everton should be able to get enough goals and, and pull clear of um, the bottom three. I think there's a few teams down the bottom that are worse than them. If they can get some sort of system together, I think if Dominic Calvert-Lewin can come back from injury, he got a cheekbone injury, I think, in this game. If it got him and... Uh, Martinez banged together at some point. It must be Martinez's shoulder went into his cheek and he's fractured his cheekbone. So he'd be out for a little bit, but it's not like a, a hamstring injury or anything like that or a knee injury. So yeah, it doesn't look good for Everton, but um, fair play to Aston Villa. We did really, really well today and um, it wasn't really ever in doubt apart from <laughs> apart from me, but everyone else thought we were going to win. Solid win, 4-0. Can't ask for more than that. Um, I usually like to do these podcasts and leave a little bit of time after the game just to soak it up. And, you know, if you do a podcast straight after the game and you're full of emotions, you don't see the game as well as you do after sleeping on it and thinking about it and that kind of thing. So I like to do it a few days after the game. But it's difficult because we're in Europe, aren't we? So we're playing Hibs tomorrow. So 
yeah, we've got that to look forward to as well. So there's going to be a lot of podcasting going on and uh, hopefully a lot of European football all the way to that final. Well, we hope anyway. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what team Emery puts out and whether any new signings get a run out or we play like a second team. Will Olsen going goals or will it be Martinez? Uh, I think Emery's got kind of a habit of putting in his second keeper. Uh, maybe that's wise. I think maybe for injuries and stuff like that, we probably want to mix up the team a little bit. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. So we will be back, well we, I will be back with a review of the Hibs game, our first European game in like 10 years. So that's exciting. So I'll be back with a review of that. Until next time, take care and up the villa.